mom, Jennifer Ann Brady said, what if you lose? Sheriff Joanna Brady and her daughter Jenny were seated at a booth in the Triple T truck stop where they'd stopped for deep dish apple pie on their way home to Bisbee from a shopping expedition in Tucson. Jenny would be leaving for her first semester at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff in a matter of days. Because Tucson was 100 miles one way from Bisbee, both of them had taken the day off work. Jenny from her job at a local veterinarian's office, and Joanna from work as well as pre-election campaigning. Since there had been no panicky phone calls or texts from Tom Hadlock, her chief deputy, or from her campaign manager either, it seemed likely that things on that end must be fairly well under control. Somewhere between Walmart towels, bedding, pillows, sheets, a tiny microwave, and a one-cup coffee maker. T.J. Maxx, clothing that would have caused Joanna's mother, Eleanor, to have a conniption fit. And Western Warehouse, boots, shirts, jeans, and a new hat. It had occurred to Joanna that kids needed lots of goods to head off to college these days. That was especially true for Jenny. After being awarded a full-ride athletic scholarship to join NAU's recently reinstated rodeo team, she would also be going off to school with a pickup truck loaded with tack and a horse trailer hauling her relatively new quarter horse, Maggie. Jenny had insisted that for this shopping trip, it should be just the two of them, like the old days, she had said. The old days in question were the years between the death of Joanna's first husband, Deputy Sheriff Andrew Roy Brady, and the arrival of her second husband, Butch Dixon. During that difficult interval, after Andy's murder and before Butch's making his way into Joanna's heart, Jenny had been the only star in her firmament. It had been just the two of them back then. Well, three, really. Jenny, Joanna, and a single dog. Now there was Butch, Jenny's younger half-brother Dennis, and a menagerie of dogs, horses, and cattle, to say nothing of the growing baby bump at her expanding waistline, who was just then pummeling the inside of Joanna's ribs with a series of field goal-worthy kicks. All in all, it had been a lovely day. But Jenny's question left a somber note lingering in the air over the Formica table in the bustling and noisy truck stop dining room. I'm not planning on losing, Joanna said quietly. This was not a planned pregnancy. Joanna considered herself to be a case study in the statistics that said birth control pills don't always work. And being pregnant at the same time she was running for re-election for the office of county sheriff wasn't that great an idea either. But she had done it before when she had been pregnant with Dennis, and she was doing it again with Sage. That was what Joanna was currently calling her baby girl. But since Butch wasn't wild about Sage as a girl's first name, that wasn't exactly a done deal. Donald Hubble is a cheat, Jenny said her blue eyes sparking fire. I'd never vote for him, even if you weren't running. Jenny was 18 now. This would be the first election in which she'd be able to vote. And the fact that Don Hubble was a cheat, or at least the fact that some of his campaign workers cheated, had been one of Jenny's hot buttons for weeks. She and Butch would go out on a yard sign trip, 
only to return an hour or so later to discover that the yard signs they had just installed had already disappeared. Part of the problem with that had to do with the fact that Donald Hubble apparently had more money than God and was prepared to pay his campaign workers, while Joanna had to depend on volunteers, including her fiercely passionate daughter. We don't know for sure that he cheats, Joanna said mildly, although it's clear that some of his workers do. It's the same thing, Jenny insisted. He should know what his people are doing and put a stop to it. Joanna had been surprised when Hubble had thrown his oversized Stetson into the ring. He was one of those good old boy types. Cochise County born and bred, he came from pioneer ranching stock, a family that had settled in the Wilcox area in the late 1880s. After graduating from high school, he had earned a degree in criminal justice from Arizona State University.